quiet on the set. Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and TV Ireland podcast. I'm project manager Gemma Cray. In the second of our Can Conversation series, we look at script development and how the story gets from the page to the screen. Later in the episode, I chat with script editor Gaia Meucci Astley, but first to the French Riviera. At the Cannes Film Festival earlier this year, WIF chair Dr. Susan Liddy caught up with producer Annemiek van der Hel at the Labs networking event. The Writers Lab is a wonderful initiative created by Elizabeth Caden and Nietzsche Willen to support female filmmakers over 40. So Susan chats with Annemiek about the development of her feature Breakwater in the Lab and a co-production between the Netherlands, Ireland and Belgium. Um, we're at the Writers' Lab. Yes. Lunch, meeting, you know, uh, networking event, shall we say. Can you tell us what brought you here? Because you have some history with the Writers' Lab yourself. Yes, yeah? that's true. Tell but, us a little yeah, about that. Because in um, 2021, we applied for the Writers' Lab Ooh. with the Dutch script. Okay. With a female uh, director and a female writer. Right. And who, who is that, who is that the, person? The female director yeah. is Nicole van Kielstom. Okay. And the writer is Marijke Schermer. Okay. And the book that the film is based yes. on is called Breakwater. Okay. And it's just published in the UK and in Ireland. Oh, right. In the okay. US. So okay. that's very nice. Mm. And then we got selected for the lab. That was, were you delighted, first of all? Yes. That's the first stage, right? We were, yeah. yeah, we were very delighted. Yeah. Because I didn't know the writers mm. that yeah. I read about. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. well, that might be a very yeah. good Yeah, yeah. Was, was it a good experience for. It was the best experience yeah. for the script and for mm. Nicole and Marek Exactly, as well. yeah. 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 So they were happy yeah. with. They felt that, the, that it helped develop the script really, in a way they were. Really, yeah. Yes, we got very good feedback. Great. And they. And mm. they had the four days mm. uh, working in the group yes, yes. that was online, unfortunately, yeah. and then the rest of the year they have these coaches helping yes, them. Yes, yes. And they keep on board in mm. a way because they keep helping us out yeah. with questions, yeah. etc., et yeah. and helping us pushing the, uh, the project Right. Forward. So that was really positive. Now, yeah. so lots of people do the lab and the first hurdle is to get on to be accepted yes. and many are not yeah. but the next question is you can have a, a script that has been wonderfully developed yes. and you've got a problem moving towards production so what yeah. was your experience yeah well uh, after we finished the scripts lab mm-hmm. we uh, are uh, applied at the Dutch Film Fund for Artistic okay. Development where you can find your crew and yes. the whole system. Mm-hmm. But then we already knew that we wanted to make an international mm. film with mm. English-speaking right. class and not only Dutch. What made you decide that? Why, why did you...? Well, because uh, Lab or the, the tutors at the mm-hmm. Lab also mm-hmm. said they, they thought the theme is universal Oh, the right, script. okay. And then uh, the director was a, at first a little bit reluctant to, right. yeah. to let in the thought to work with English. Yes, class. yes. And then we had a conversation and I asked her, asked her what is your ambition? Yeah. What do you want to do yeah. in your career? Yeah. You can stay in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. which is fine, mm-hmm. but then the film will be a Dutch film. Mm. Or do you say, this is the next step in my career? Mm. And then she thinks, and thought, and thought, and then she said, okay, cool, let's do it. Okay. So, okay. so okay. that's why we knew, okay, uh, we're going to do it. Right. And then we decided to solve with Ireland, right. because UK is not eligible enough for us as a Dutch company yes. or a yes. country yes. due to Brexit situation. Yeah, of course, and of course. Ireland is yes. not second best, but yes. best. Yes. Now, when you made the decision about Ireland, yeah. your next your next decision is like, who are we going to pair up with? So did you do 
did you talk to a lot of producers or no. how? No, no, because uh, Jacqueline Karen from yes. World, I yes. know her from know her from Eave. Oh, she right. was in my year. Oh, she was not okay. in my group by the same year, so I knew her already, and I liked her. Yes, I like her very yes. much. And since a co-production is more intense than a marriage, yes, indeed. And I thought I'm going to ask her. Right. So she read it and she was very thrilled and moved by the script. And oh, she that's said, great. I'm in. So, so that was that was great news for the team. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Right. So this year in um, February 2023, we went to Ireland. Right. With Nicole. Mm-hmm. So she met me them as well. And yeah. To the, yeah. Of course, yeah. That was very good, actually. So you you feel strongly, don't you, uh, Annemiek, that you know the, the personal connection, the relationship is important really? on a human level, yeah. It is. Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. You might need to put a question. Uh, yeah, the the personal relationship is very mm. very important because you know it's not only business, yeah. but you have to work together for a long long time, yeah. and you have the highs and the the lows. Yes. So say. Mm. And then you need to have people mm. around you whom you can trust. Mm. Yeah. And whom you can talk to. Yes. Yes. So, uh, no, personal relations are first. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, where are you now? Where, where are we at yes. now? Well, we just applied for production money, okay. which means that you can find a co producer. Yeah. That's the Dutch finance. Right. System. Okay. But we already have them. Yes, I understand. So, yeah. then we're now going to continue to find our favorite cast oh. for the film. Yes. And, uh, have you have you some have you some people in mind? Yes, because I asked Nicole, what is your ambition? What is your highest? What is your dream? Yeah, yeah, Which your dream. <laughs> you have in, in your, yeah, because it's a female-driven story. Yes, of course. A very yeah, female yeah. Main character. And then uh, Jesse Buckley or uh, Vicky Cripps. Right. These are oh, two on our number two, one. Two absolutely wonderful yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're now trying to find our way around. I, yeah, of course, yes. And uh, uh, and we're starting to make the finance right. plan. Right. Yes. Yes. The breakdown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Set up the yeah. finance, the yeah. budget, etc. Yeah. etc. Et yeah. And then we can apply in October in the Netherlands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if the film plan says yes. Uh, and in the meantime, I do hope we have a sales agent yeah. already, but it depends mm. on the cost, which I totally understand. Yes, actually. yes, yeah. And um, then October, so I think we'll know by the end of the year we got the Dutch money. Right. Then Ireland, and then Belgium is a second. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, they can apply, and then we can next spring we can go to Euromarsh, mm. and then who knows if everybody says yes at once, then we can during mm. summer 2024 mm. and yeah. start shooting by the end of 2024. Wow. That would be the best scenario. Yes, I know. And it's fingers crossed all the way, of fingers course. Yes, yes. Now, yeah. is the sh- is it going to be shot in Ireland? Or, yes. Or, and yeah. can, you, can, can you first of all give us a little, a general teaser of what the story is about? Yes, can you do of that? course. Well, it's about a married couple and they have two younger kids mm-hmm. and they moved from the city to... Uh, a rural area, a rural yeah, area mm-hmm. in a beautiful house yes. by a river. Okay, and uh, there is a secret in the relationship. Oh. So the basic question of the film is how long can you keep something a secret mm. without sharing? Okay, okay. And uh, while the whole situation, the situation between him and her, mm-hmm. are starting to uh, get more intense. Yeah, the higher the water will be. And in the end, there will be a flood of the house. Okay. And that is the question. Will they make it to 
Okay. That's All right. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's see that in a nutshell. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you, have you, uh, apart from you know connecting with an Irish production company, have you travelled around Ireland? Do you know Ireland? Um, well, I've uh, been to Galway once. Right. Okay. And then I rented a car. And All right. Dublin yes. To yes. 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 And uh, yeah. we went there in February. Yes, yes, yeah. But I don't know Ireland. Yeah. So that would be a whole other thing as to where yeah, you... Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Ireland yeah. will apply in June yeah. for a location scout. Okay. To find wonderful yes, locations, yes. which will be more like the Shannon River. Yes, that yes, area. yes, yeah. And, uh, and hopefully there will be a casting director who can come on board Great. to help us find okay. the cast we yeah, really I, want to have. I know. Yes. So, Annemiek van der Hel- the best of luck with that and we're looking forward to hearing more and yes. hopefully to see you uh, in Ireland somewhere yes. or other yeah. very soon yeah I hope so good luck and thank you very much for talking to oh, well, us yeah it was my pleasure thank you in this live Zoom webinar I spoke with script editor Gaia Miyuchi Astley about her career the industry and how she works with writers in getting their scripts to the best version possible you have such an exceptional background and um, I think it is it's unique in that you're coming from two different perspectives and and that that way of seeing things can often bring fresh eyes to a script. Can you talk to me about how your career progressed? Yeah, um I I think that you know it's been um a combination of different roles but I think the main thing that has uh, stayed similar is working with new talent. So uh from from the very start so my my first uh, the beginning of my career was in animation, in animation production. And then from there, it went into film festivals. And film festivals has been really the main part of my background. But I always worked um, with short film. So that, as you know, by default, put me in that position to be discovering and uh, championing new talent. And so um, I've had about 12 years of experience as a programmer of short films. And uh, I I can see now that I've transitioned in this new role, how the things that I was aware of as a programmer or the problems that I could see in a, in a short film or the reason why we couldn't program that film are now, I can see them from the perspective of the, the script, the idea and how something that you know I, I used to see in the finished product that I can now see at the script level and understand what might not work there because I, I having watched tons of short films it has given me that perspective and also that um, sort of re- amount of references also to be able to bring them in when I work with writers who are working on a short film. So it has definitely been, you know, this this is in terms of um, my perspective on story, but also has been um, crucial in terms of the the network that I created and that has enabled me to then move into this different role while already being established in the industry. So it has definitely been um, an, an essential part of my career programming. Fabulous. And tell me about working with writers. Um, what's sort of the difference in the 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 creative part? I suppose I suppose you're helping to shape the story a lot more than than just observing. Does that like elicit something else from you? How are you? How do you find that? How do you find working with writers? I um I mean I love stories and I I love 
telling stories for for film as a medium so i the fact that i'm now involved in that creative process process for me is a is a real privilege that i'm kind of part of um the the process of facilitating the writer to deliver their their vision and their idea then the way i work with writers changes a lot it depends on um what it is that they're looking for from a script editor because i think there's you know there's a um there's something really fundamental about um working with a, a writer that is trusting you with their work and it is about i think understanding who they are so for me um the most important thing when i start a relationship with a writer who approaches me and asks what i could how i could support them is to really explore what it is that they are doing what their project is about and who they are so what their universe is as a filmmaker as well and i definitely must see their previous work if they have any um and and be sure that i align myself with what they are trying to do with that project um and then um i think that once we have established what they need i I find that my my role is to try and support them in making sure that what they want to write is actually on the page. And sometimes that is not possible for a writer to see, but I feel like that is uh, essentially what I'm I'm trying to do to ensure that um that there is a vision that is translated on the page and that will be able to connect with an audience. That's very interesting that like there's that disconnect. I do know sometimes you can get so close to your own work. It can be so hard to see. And and in that moment, absolutely. those outside eyes are are absolutely invaluable. Um, and, you know, you can kind of be in a hole, like facing a wall. Um, and what what are the problems that writers commonly face in script development? Like what what do they come up against? Do people struggle to take notes, for example, or can people struggle yeah. to get their head around structure or character? Yeah, I think, you know, um, in terms of problems that um, that I think writers commonly face or problems that I see coming back is um, is is often about um, thinking that exactly this idea of clarity, thinking that something is is happening in the story and it's clear for for a reader and a potential audience and yet it is it is not so it's um how the story unfolds often or whether a character motivation is actually um showing in the story and often what i find that they that they struggle with is this extreme closeness that they have with the story and the intimacy they have with the story that doesn't allow them to take that step back to see to have that overview to make sure that actually what the 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 theme that they want to explore and the story they wanted to, to they want to 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 tell is reflected in their script. And then another thing that I find often, and it's like something that I am particularly passionate about when working with writers, is um, that sometimes, um, especially at early development stage, it is not entirely clear what um, the writer is interrogating. So there is a, an excessive ambiguity around something that they, when I talk to them, they are extremely passionate about. 
but that argument is not quite coming across. So we spend quite a lot of time on that in um, exploring what it is that they want to say. And is that, sorry, is that sort of like the draft process? Like it's, it's like they're kind of stuck in a draft and they can't get to the, the deeper level, like, or, or like, or might it be, or might it be like, there's an issue with story and then it kind of is, is impacting on this plot. Like I presume there's like a, a bit of a billion different things that can be wrong in each project um, that you're sort of figuring out to make it as clear as possible. Um, and I, I presume that's all sort of like based in the writer. Uh, uh, so like, do you have different sort of skills for like, can you kind of recognize that instantly? Like for me, if I'm reading something, it's like, oh, this just isn't working. Um, but I don't really know why and I'll try and offer solutions with you you're trying to put yourself in the mind of the writer are you figuring stuff out like like do you have a set of sneaky tools that you use I I ask tons of questions (laughs) and I think the process of supporting uh, the development of a script is about asking those questions so of course I have my process and and that often involves having a, a, a sort of very neat breakdown of this of the script, scene by scene, what's happening and what's happening to the character. That is um, something that I must have to make sure that I understand what is going on. And I also tend to write um, a synopsis of what I understood is happening and then read it back to the writer as a starting point, often to see whether the way I understood the story is the way that they intend to tell the story. But then asking a lot of questions is the starting point. So wherever I see that there is something that I don't fully understand or something that um, is is maybe creating a problem in the character development or a part of the story that is all of a sudden entirely flat and this is not what it's meant to be at that point. So we are kind of losing connection with the character. Then, you know, those questions help me to get to to the bottom of what it is that is meant to happen here and what is it that we're meant to see and we're not seeing. So questions is definitely, asking the right question is definitely the, the number one tool. And, and just, um, yeah. And what advice would you give to someone going through the process? Like what would you, what like what would also they hope to expect? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, if I think um, in terms of finding someone, I think that they, they should, try and find someone who puts their effort in understanding who they are and what they want to do. So someone who um, they have a conversation with and they want to understand them as a filmmaker, because of course, you know, that that would that would be the the, the starting point to to then be able to look at the project and see what kind of film this is meant to be for this particular filmmaker. Um, then to be, I think, being open to having all these conversations and answering a lot of questions and to be um, very aware that notes don't mean mandate. They notes are part of a conversation, a part of a negotiation. So to, you know, notes are, in, are, are scary, are really scary. They're, they're, they're intimidating also for, for the script editor because we want to be um, encouraging and we want to be helpful and we want to try and find that key so it's something that you know and we want to 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 earn the writer's trust 
So it's it's definitely something that makes people vulnerable. But at the same time, I think seeing the note as not something that is trying to sort of crush your vision, but to open up a discussion around what it is that as a writer you were trying to do and what is not actually happening. How could we make sure that what you want to see is actually in the script? So to be open, I think that would be a definitely um, something I would say is important. Um, and to, yeah, to remember that notes are to be talked through. They are not things that need to be implemented because there is an expert in the room that is, you know, actually the expert of the story is the writer. And I think actually that's a really good point that you're, like the the, the focus, what you're doing is trying to get the script to as a good a level as possible. And if there's something not working, like, you know, if if I if I'm sending around my script and the script is like the prequel to Cats or, and, and everyone has like a note about the same thing, but it might be a completely different note. They're like, oh, why don't you change this to a woman or why don't you, you know, move this over here? But it's always around the same point that it's normally that something isn't working. But what if what if I'm not able to take it and I'm getting really defensive? <laughs> but I'm going, no, it's meant to be like that. <laughs> I think that if um, if something is met with that kind of uh, sort of protective um, attitude, it's important to understand what it is about the story about that particular thing in the story that matters so much to the writer. Because there's a um, it doesn't necessarily. I found from you know from working on different scripts so far, it doesn't necessarily have to go. It might just need to be addressed differently or maybe there might be like a shift in who does that particular thing in the scene sometimes it just maybe what about if if this other character is saying those things or what it can be you know it's not necessarily a case of that thing needs to go but if that thing doesn't quite work the way it is can we see why it matters so much in the story and are there other ways that that same beat can happen but in a way that works within the the, the the sort of the the whole of the of the script it's it's not easy absolutely because you know these are it's it's um especially also with you know writers writing the the first feature it's usually they're often based also on personal stories i found and you know that have been like fictionalized the things that are very personal to them so you know you want to be sensitive to that but you also want to make sure that this works as a film. So yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to hear from your perspective because I mean, like often as writers, we're just receiving like a wall of notes if you've if you've something that you're working on. And you don't always see the perspective of, you know, like you're assigned a script editor and you're working with somebody and like like sometimes, you know, like a personality might be different to yours and you don't know how to read them or like someone might be very direct and someone might be very kind of sideways. So it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, like, I mean, the perspective is you are just asking because you're trying to elicit from me what I'm trying to like, like to translate it and, and, and saying that it's not there on the page. What if what if it like it wasn't there in my mind either? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like, I'm going like I, I don't know like is there is there is there a way to kind of go through that element of the process yeah 
I think, you know, um, this is sort of, uh, mm, it kind of makes me think about this sort of toolkit that that a, a, an editor can have. Um, and I, I, uh, I recently, you know, my experience, um, quite, quite recent experience with LIM uh, has also been, you know, quite eye-opening in terms of what are the thinking sort of laterally around what things can open up an idea and um, LIM is an organization that is uh, using different tools from the sort of like conventional ones in terms of structuring a story, structuring a script, and they use a lot of oral storytelling. And I I found that using um, uh, some of those tools where you have to tell your story within in, in in a video that has to be like three minutes long or you have to tell the story from in first person so you have to put yourself in the mind of the character and tell that story again um sometimes um when i trained with them as a development angel back in october we basically used tools that had nothing to do with writing it was drawing it was videos it was oral storytelling it was um photos photo exercises. So it has given me also a different perspective in terms of like when, like you were saying, something can quite be unlocked to think about possible other ways where you can access that thing. And sometimes if you look at a series of portraits, then you can see, oh, that face is my character not because of a casting exercise, but it has the essence of your character and maybe it opens up something. So it's also sometimes trying to, if something is stuck to not kind of be determined to get it in a, just by writing, but to maybe taking a step back and going like, okay, now try this and see what happens. And let the unconscious sort of work and work its magic. Um, one of the interesting things I think is, how form differs from genre to genre um, and I'm just wondering are there different rules or effects that are coming to play in rom-coms and horrors like like one of the things I would have heard quite a bit is you know like don't do voiceover but obviously some of them are are there like are there sort of a lot of things that you know like there's like a thing and it's especially I actually wonder is this more of the programming thing where you're like don't do this it's been done so <laughs> many times and so many times badly and is that a, a perspective that you bring to it really like uh, how does form affect us basically I mean definitely um yeah there's something to say about genre and something to say about I think um form and what you've seen tons of times before and it kind of goes back to what you were asking me before around how did programming help and yeah if you've seen plenty of for example uh, short films where it takes four, five, six minutes before you actually know what this story is about. Then when you read a script, when that happens and you have a limited amount of time and you're on, you know, you've, you've written a 15 minute script, but it's taking so long to set it up. There is a, such a long setup. I, could, I immediately had flashbacks of short films that could have been really quite effective, but where the the sort of short form wasn't used as successfully as, as, it, as it should be. And, um, and sometimes um, this, I don't know, meant that 
I don't know, some bad advice I think was given uh, in the in the festival world where you know you have to grab the programmer straight away, and that that was misunderstood as starting with something that is just I don't know shocking or um, just like grabbing the attention for no particular reason. But actually, that is not what was the the you know the intended message. It was more about like if you have a short film you have to limit your setup. You need to try and make us understand what this story is about quite quickly, not without, you know, uh, just an explosion to start the film and grab the right, the, the programmer's attention. So there is that. Um, and in genre, in terms of genre, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if, if, if a script is um, embedded in a genre, I think it definitely helps to know what the, the conventions are, because um, even if the writer is trying to do something with those conventions, uh, for me, definitely, um, in my role as someone who needs to support them, I need to know what is expected, what an audience would expect from a rom-com, from a horror, from a thriller, um, from a sci-fi, you know, a coming of age, a road movie, like, they, there are some expectations because it's codified. Then, you know, genre can be played with, you know, immensely and can be just shuffled around. And But I think an understanding of what expectations will be is is very important. And can you tell me about um, some past projects that you have worked on that really stand out to you? Or, you know, like maybe if there's a, an NDA signed, like what are the most satisfying <laughs> results that you get from your perspective? Because I know as a writer, we get our great script and we go, yay. And then we forget all about the development process. It's like childbirth. And you're like, oh, that was so easy. Instead of like picturing <laughs> all those times you're like weeping at your desk. I thought about this. I mean, I, I think that um, I usually when I get asked that, I immediately think about the very, very, very first uh, project I worked on as a script editor was a, a short film and I was still part of Encounters. It was my last year at Encounters and it was part of a collaboration with a Chinese film festival for um, to support new and emerging Chinese female writers. And I was mentoring one of these projects. And so I, I was really new to it all. And it, it she was a filmmaker that I had selected the films for at the festival. And that film went on to be selected at the Critics Week. And I, I saw in the film our process and the things that we had talked about and the, you know, the, the, the slight changes that we have talked about and made. And she also involved me um, to give feedback on the edit. So I was involved also in the editing process a bit. And it just made me feel... Um, a great sense of excitement about being involved in in scripts and being involved in in, in stories because I it, it was the first time that I was actually hands on giving feedback and and how we worked through that process of you know what we were talking about earlier like by maintaining the core of your idea but but making some adjustments so that it can be it's the best it can be and in some I remember that some of the changes were actually about that kind of clarity so small adjustments so that we can connect with that character and feel what 
what's happening uh, for that character. I, I, just, I remember it as something that made me really excited about doing this job. <laughs> and, and you're reading for funding, you're watching the final pieces. I'm just, I'm just, this is to me there, but like, what are the things like the, the most common mistakes that maybe people do I know you're like not getting to the point or like you know like not getting to the point quick enough but is there any other kind of like very common like or things that are maybe too common that are out of fashion or that were overused that we'd all go oh yeah, yeah I'd love that and then you're like oh god I didn't realize that because you're at the coal face watching yeah all the, the projects come in and I'm just wondering like how do we how do we make sure ours gets into the shortlist basically <laughs> But and what it do we do? Very, not very, very hard to get. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's really tough. Um, it's to to apply for funding. I mean, that is just that needs to be said straight away, straight off. And I think you know, I'm reading. Um, when at the moment I'm sort of in the thick of it. I'm reading for where we're at the end of the selection process for LIM, and I'm reading for the early development fund for the BFI. And I think that when um when it comes to sort of development and early development what really helps is what i was kind of um hinting at before what is it that you want to explore about this particular thing because we can tell you know the same story a million times we always keep saying similar stories you know but what is it about this but if you're telling a story about grief what is it that you actually what what's the angle that you have on this thing um, on this on this theme, if you if your story is about is about loss, is about coming of age, but what's your perspective on that? I think the strongest applications are usually the ones where you can really see a personality or someone who has got something they are really burning to to a point that they want to make about that particular um, story, and 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 I think when. Also, when the passion comes across and why these things really matters, and it's also really, really um, effective in, in an application. And But I think having quite, it's sometimes things are quite vague, I find. There's a sort of sense of, um, this, they stay a bit too much on the surface. And so you don't get that idea. And you might think, oh, this is similar, a bit similar to many things I read. But uh, surely it is not. It is just that it wasn't, maybe um, it didn't come across so strongly what it is that mattered to them about that particular story or character that we might have seen before, but not from that writer's point of view. Okay, so if I'm interpreting this correctly, it's that fresh perspective and in a in a sort of authentic way that feels truthful and not broad strokes We've seen this and it's funny, you can kind of nearly feel it when you're writing like that and it's almost like a placeholder until you get to that moment and sometimes it can be impossible to even get down to it, I I find. Do you, like, I know you're saying there's there's, there's these different techniques or, or tricks that, that you use, but is there anything that you, like, sort of like homework that you can give us all to go home and do you know like when we're we're sitting at the blank page and we're like I, I cannot get to that moment I can't I can't reach it yeah do, do a tell me a tell me is this uh video um this tool that less is more uses where you need to record yourself and tell your story in five minutes maximum it's so hard oh. it's so so hard and I um it's not a pitch you just have to tell your story you're telling 
you're telling someone your story and I found that really quite revealing because I, I I tend to read a lot project like the project is written down but then you see someone's face telling you a story and it goes back to you know the way we share stories why we share stories why we like telling each other stories and it is so hard and 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 as development angels when we were there um in uh, as part of LIM, we also had to do it because we each of us had to bring a project that we were working on that we were developing and it's incredibly hard to to tell your story but it makes you it forces you to go to the core of it i mean i i i i found it very revealing and also when you go through different stages which is what the writers who are selected in LIM have to do as they go through the the tutoring then they need to do um several tell me's what you i saw at the beginning and what i saw at the end were just two completely different things like someone you could see someone who then had got to a point where they owned their story like they knew what their story was what again like I'm, I'm hearing this and you're saying this a couple of times and i think it's very interesting and i'm definitely gonna do that it's, it's sort of like a self-awareness to to your work and taking notes and hearing like almost like an active listening when it comes to the, the feedback in your work but then also to your own um description of your work so that's very that like it is very interesting because it, sometimes you can get so stuck and you can free yourself from like that sort of rigid thinking perspective what do you think the the current landscape is for new and emerging talent in the industry and I say that because like in in a way it's so democratized you can put something you can film something on your phone you can put it up on YouTube in another way it's actually so expensive to shoot like a, a properly like gorgeous looking short film and there's never been more short films on the market and um, you know like taking that step from short to feature and to you know developing those more long-form things I'm like what do you see as sort of almost the pitfalls people can go into or the issues that they're facing and how you might overcome them mm, wow that is a that is, is, a, is a big question um, no, it's really hard. It's absolutely, um, I, I, I hear what you say. I mean, it seems like de democratized in the sense that we can, in theory, all make make film, but it's also extremely competitive. So I think that um, honing, honing your, your style is probably the best thing you can do to stand out, to keep at it until you find that you actually have something to say and that you can say only you can say it that way only you want to I think I think sometimes um it's it's also when reviewing applications uh clear to see when someone is not quite there they haven't done enough or they haven't uh written enough or they haven't it's it's still a bit kind of maybe maybe quite polished but it's not quite um it's not easy to see who uh, this person is and what they think about the world, what's their place in 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 the world as a writer. So I suppose honing your uh, your your voice and being um, just is a practice, isn't it? It's a real uh, graft being a being a writer. You know, it's grafting at it. Like it's just something that you need to to get more and more. Um, 
like confident about who you are as a writer. And it's really, I mean, this is, this is not, I mean, I'm saying this and I'm not saying that this is something easy at all. Doesn't make it easier to make a breakthrough, but the more you own who you are and you have practiced that, I think the more chances you have to be noticed. One of the things as well, actually, um, Guy, I was really interested in is because you oversee so much, I'm just wondering, do you notice like almost the collective um, conscious response to things? Like, can, do you see that? It's almost, you know, as artists, we're processing the emotions, but in a way you're, you know, like you're, you're really getting a handle of what's happening and, 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 Put it and maybe trying to adapt it in your own way to put it forward. Do you find there's a trend every year that changes that you get a lot of things in under a specific theme? And um, um, would yeah, you I, I, um, I remember that this was uh, <clears throat> something that, as when I was a programmer, used to happen sometimes. Um, interestingly, there were a lot of films on a particular theme or um, with a particular style. I think with uh, what I, what it. It, it's hard to pinpoint this, but I it's something that uh, it's maybe not as obvious as when you watch a lot of films as a programmer. But I'm noticing um, that a lot of writers um, say that they want to um, tell part of their stories through magical realism. So magical realism seems to be something that writers I, I've, I'm, I'm reading it a lot uh, as in a, a way to um, enter the characters in in a world and give, I guess, give the story a sort of kind of more imaginative, dreamlike type of quality. And yeah, it's something that is cropping up a lot. I think that it's it's interesting. I'm noticing that as as particular in stories that are about trauma or stories that have those kind of hard edges it, as a way to convey the the emotional landscape of the of the character so yeah it's interesting I'm, I am also thinking about what what it is that is bringing this up rather than a sort of stark realistic depiction of their situation but to have that you know it's it's obviously gives the story chance to have <clears throat> a kind of more uh, to, to breathe in a way you know so it's a uh, Visually, it opens up a lot of uh, opportunities, but I am certainly seeing a lot of of mentioning of magical realist sequences to to illustrate the the character's state of mind, particularly if it's a troubled troubled sort of of personal trouble or trauma or similar things. Very interesting. Um... <clears throat> there's I wonder as well there's like a global influence as well like is there some element of that to it I think like they're like is this the like the kind of South Americas and um like I know Asian countries as well like they're like yeah. do you know like maybe is it a little bit of that kind of like second generation influence I, I, I like I'm reading yeah. right now back to flowers and um how that you know like that kind of like Japanese version of magic realism um show like shows up and I yeah I, I think it's fascinating and then and then becomes yeah, part absolutely. of or like a cultural dialogue like the national text which is brilliant because I mean how how 
uh, like, I mean, just the, the plain old hero's journey. How often do we see that of like one man achieving his goals? Like, I think it's it's a very interesting form of storytelling. And actually, just if you're seeing all those, something that is quite interesting as well is, do you notice a shift in form in the sense of like that instead of, you know, like um like a situational comedy that might have like uh like a like a group of main characters or um you know be told from a different style of perspective because i know we're kind of like as a millennial we were told there's the one way you know the three act structure the that and i kind of think like now we're just so sick of that as audiences being that you know that opening up is is much more fascinating i'm just wondering do you see much of yeah. that yeah uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, this is something is is particularly uh, interesting for me because I'm I I like reading books about storytelling and story structure, and because my initial training was um, with uh, I don't know if you know this training course for script editors, but John York, Story for Script Development, and he wrote this book called Into the Woods, and it's really uh, pretty much illustrating what you were saying. So the storytelling, that is the reason why people tell stories, the way we tell stories. The, in the, so he talks about five-act structure, which is a sort of development of the three-act structures. And it makes an incredibly watertight case for why stories are told this way. And then from that, from that kind of um, standpoint, I, I, you know, the films that I like and the films that I... Um, the kind of you know maybe also being European myself you know the sort of films the art house European films that I like sometimes do not match that so it made me so investigate alternative story uh, storytelling styles and then and then Lim became you know it was kind of the counterpoint to that it was just like you know you don't necessarily have to follow a particular formulaic structure to tell your story but so I'm kind of I feel like I as as a script editor, I would like to merge these two things because I find that having those really solid grounding has really helped me to understand structure, to understand acts, to understand um, all of the things that that uh, a training like John York stands for. And it's but then the other books that I've read, and actually I'm reading one right now. I haven't got it here with me, but I think it's alternative storytelling. It's called. Um, they explore exactly what you were saying. You know. That is not just one way to tell a story, and that's not the hero's journey necessarily. But what I'm finding is that some elements need to be there, but maybe not necessarily in the way that the classic three-act structure tells you, but something needs to happen to be able to create an emotional response in the in the viewer. Otherwise, you know, you risk being flat all the way through the story or not engaging with it that there's got the, the there is an element of you know um it's the way you handle the story structure doesn't need to fit that mold and yet i feel that some beats need to happen to be able to keep someone interested in the story and emotionally involved so i think that there is a sort of um compromise that can be achieved and it always depends on the story and the writer i mean that is a sort of baseline what kind of what's your point of what's your inspiration what's the film that you maybe that comes into your mind and but i i know this is like this is a particular particularly fascinating topic for me because i'm very um 
interested in hearing about, you know, if this three act structure is what most writers think that, well, I have to fit my story into that. Yeah, Otherwise. Yeah. And, and from whose perspective and going as always from one person's perspective, because I also think, you know, like, and, and I also think so many things were grounded in these like enormous tent pole moments. And then I was like, actually so much like, and, it, and, and like, and it can be conveyed cinematically is quieter and I wonder, is that again, like now that there's an actual call for diversity, like a genuine call for once and not just like, a, oh, we'll, we'll have like one person in a writer's room call for diversity, you know, like in the industry, is that starting to filter through and changing the way that we look at stories? I mean, also, if you look at the way that we process information, we don't just sit down and consume things in one big chunk. We don't. You know, like things aren't that structured. So I, like it's very interesting to see what the next generation of filmmakers are are working on. Um, yeah. and, and and is that different um, in different regions? So if you're reading for something that's in France, is that very different than what's happening in London? Is very different in Germany? Yeah, I think that um, that that's absolutely because because then and then you can go, you know, outside uh, of Europe and you go in different parts of the world where storytelling is organized in completely different ways from the Western way of organizing a story. So it's definitely something that um, requires a kind of, you know, uh, an open mind in terms of not wanting to fit everything in one mold. But then the tools, if the um, sort of storytelling structure manual standard kind of the knowledge that we that we have and we've been we, we we've learned is used as a as a tool rather than a prescriptive rule to to apply then I think it can really help to unlock what what's what's going on with a story so I think there is there is something to be said for for both like to have an open an open mind to see the to to accept that stories are not all told in the same way but then what can you do to to make sure that someone keeps reading someone keeps watching and you keep an audience emotionally engaged with what you want to say so um it's yeah it's it's really it's it's fascinating and it's been kind of a bit a bit overpowered by I guess, I mean, I guess script writing by this idea that, well, that's how you tell a story and these things need to happen here. And, but um, I don't know if there is time to say, but I have an example yeah. um, that there, there's a, um, I, with, with Cinema du Demain, I, I mentor um, writers from film schools in Europe uh, every year with a short film script. And uh, last year it was a Polish script. And that the whole idea, the whole concept was about character was passive. That was the core idea of it. So we couldn't turn him into the the hero of the hero's journey because that would have not been the film they wanted to make. But how do you make film interesting if it's about someone who whose you know way of living is they they is not going to take action? So we had to work in finding small micro shifts in what was happening because a shift was happening in him and the writer wanted people to get that but he didn't want to turn him into like you know the hero 
the sort of the hero who saves the day because that's not who he was. So I think that there's a way to work on that by just, you know, with subtlety to make sure that that an audience can feel that there is a shift in this character, but it stays true to what the idea was. So it was a very interesting process because we were like both myself and the writer and the director they were working with, they knew there was a problem. There was too much flatness in the story about how to make it more engaging by not just distorting the nature of the character, you know. So it's um, it's a project by project situation, isn't it? God, and that's it. And and I suppose that's yeah. it. It's it's everyone's different perspective. It's it's the it's it's kind of like universal stories and events told through all these different eyes. So look, we'll invite our members. So we're going to invite you into the room. So if you want to get in touch with Gaia, you can contact her with Gaia, G-A-I-A, scripteditor.com or GaiaMeucci at gmail.com. That's G-A-I-A-M-E-U-C-C-I at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the WIFT Ireland podcast. You can learn more about who we are and what we do at WIFT.ie and you can support our work by becoming a member. Music